Chapters thirty-two to thirty-four of Tristram Shandy, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentleman, Volume Two, by Lawrence Stern. Chapter Thirty Two. There was not any one scene more entertaining in our family, and to do it justice on this point. And here I put off my cap, and laid upon the table close beside my inkhorn, on purpose to make my declaration to the world concerning this one article the more solemn, that I believe in my soul unless my love and partiality to my understanding blinds me, the hand of the supreme maker and first designer of all things never made or put a family together, in that period at least, of it which I have set down to write a story of, where the characters of it were cast, or contrasted with so dramatic a felicity as ours was for this end, or in which the capacities of affording such exquisite scenes, and the powers of shifting them perpetually from morning to night, were lodged and entrusted with so unlimited a confidence as in the Shandy family. Not any one of these was more diverting, I say, in this whimsical theatre of ours, than what frequently arose out of this self-same chapter of long noses, especially when my father's imagination was heated with the inquiry, and nothing would serve him but to heat my uncle Toby's too. My uncle Toby would give my father all possible fair play in this attempt, and with infinite patience would sit smoking his pipe for whole hours together, whilst my father was practising upon his head, and trying every accessible avenue to drive Prignitz and Scroderus's solutions into it. Whether they were above my uncle Toby's reason, or contrary to it, or that his brain was like damp timber, and no spark could possibly take hold, or that it was so full of saps, mines, blinds, curtains, and such military disqualifications to his seeing clearly into Brignard's and Scroderus's doctrines, I say not. Let schoolmen, scullions, anatomists, and engineers fight for it among themselves. "'Twas some misfortune, I make no doubt, in this affair, that my father had every word of it to translate for the benefit of my uncle Toby, and render out of Slokenbergius's Latin, of which he was no great master, his translation was not always of the purest, and generally least so where it was most wanted. This naturally opened a door to a second misfortune, that in the warmer paroxysms of a zeal to open my uncle Toby's eyes, my father's ideas ran on as much faster than the translation, as the translation outmoved my uncle Toby's. Neither the one or the other added much to the perspicuity of my father's lecture. Chapter 33 
the gift of ratiocination and making syllogisms i mean in man for in superior classes of beings such as angels and spirits tis all done may it please your worships as they tell me by intuition and beings inferior as your worships all know syllogize by their noses though there is an island swimming in the sea though not altogether at its ease whose inhabitants if my intelligence deceives me not are so wonderfully gifted as to syllogize after the same fashion and oft-times to make very well out too but that's neither here nor there the gift of doing it as it should be amongst us or the great and principal act of ratiocination in man as logicians tell us is a finding out the agreement or disagreement of two ideas one with another by the intervention of a third called the medius terminus just as a man as lockwell observes by a yard finds two men's nine-pin alleys to be of the same length which could not be brought together to measure their equality or by juxtaposition had the same great reasoner looked on as my father illustrated his systems of noses and observed my uncle toby's deportment what great attention he gave to every word and as oft as he took his pipe from his mouth with what wonderful seriousness he contemplated the length of it surveying it transversely as he held it betwixt his finger and his thumb then for right then this way and then that in all its possible directions and foreshortenings he would have concluded michael toby had got hold of the medius terminus and was syllogizing and measuring with it the truth of each hypothesis of long noses in order as my father laid them before him this by the by was more than my father wanted his aim in all the pains he was at in these philosophic lectures was to enable michael toby not to discuss but comprehend to hold the grains and scruples of learning not to weigh them my uncle toby as you will read in the next chapter did neither the one or the other chapter thirty four tis a pity cried my father one winter's night after three hours painful translation of slokenbergius tis a pity cried my father putting my mother's thread-paper into the book for a mark as he spoke that truth brother toby should shut herself up in such impregnable fastnesses and be so obstinate as not to surrender herself sometimes up upon the closest siege now it happened then as indeed it had often done before that my uncle toby's fancy during the time of my father's explanation of brignitz to him having nothing to stay it there had taken a short flight to the bowling-green his body might as well have taken a turn there too so that with all the semblance of a deep schoolman intent upon the medius terminus my uncle toby was in fact as ignorant of the whole lecture and all its pros and cons as if my father had been translating half slokenbergius from the latin tongue into the cherokee but the word siege 
like a talismanic power in my father's metaphor wafting back my uncle toby's fancy quick as a note could follow the touch he opened his ears and my father observing that he took his pipe out of his mouth and shuffled his chair nearer the table as was the desired to profit my father with great pleasure began his sentence again changing only the plan and dropping the metaphor of the siege of it to keep clear of some dangers my father apprehended from it tis a pity said my father the truth can only be on one side brother toby considering what ingenuity these learned men have all shown in their solutions of noses can noses be dissolved replied my uncle toby my father thrust back his chair rose up put on his hat took four long strides to the door jerked it open thrust his hat half-way out shut the door again took no notice of the bad hinge returned to the table plucked my mother's thread-paper out of slogenberg's book went hastily to his bureau walked slowly back twisted my mother's thread-paper about his thumb unbuttoned his waistcoat threw my mother's thread-paper into the fire bit his satin pincushion in two filled his mouth with bran confounded it but mark the oath of confusion was levelled at my uncle toby's brain which was even confused enough already the curse came charged only with the bran the bran made please your honours was no more than powder to the ball twas well my father's passion lasted not long for so long as they did last they let him a busy life on and it is one of the most unaccountable problems that ever i met with in my observations of human nature that nothing should prove my father's mettle so much or make his passions go off so like gunpowder as the unexpected strokes his science met with from the quaint simplicity of my uncle toby's questions had ten dozen of hornets stung him behind in so many different places all at one time he could not have exerted more mechanical functions in fewer seconds or started half so much as with one single query of three words unseasonably popping in full upon him in his hobby-horsical career does all one to michael toby he smoked his pipe on with unvaried composure his heart never intended offence to his brother and as his head could seldom find out where the sting of it lay he always gave my father the credit of cooling by himself he was five minutes and thirty-five seconds about it in the present case by all that's good said my father swearing as he came to himself and taking the oath out of enough's digestive curses though to do my father justice it was a fault as he told dr slopin the affair of enough's which he seldom committed as any man upon earth by all that's good and great brother toby said my father if it was not for the aids of philosophy which befriend one so much as they do you would put a man beside all temper 
why by the solutions of noses of which i was telling you i meant as you might have known had you favoured me with one grain of attention the various accounts which learned men of different kinds of knowledge have given the world of the causes of short and long noses there is no cause but one replied my uncle toby why one man's nose is longer than another's but because of that god pleases to have it so that is grangousier's solution said my father tis he continued my uncle toby looking up and not regarding my father's interruption who makes us all and frames and puts us together in such forms and proportions and for such ends as is agreeable to his infinite wisdom tis a pious account cried my father but not philosophical there is more religion in it than sound science twas no inconsistent part of uncle toby's character that he feared god and reverenced religion so the moment my father finished his remark my uncle toby fell a whistling lilia bulliero with more zeal though more out of tune than usual what has become of my wife's threat paper? End of chapters thirty two to thirty four.